Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. Hi, everybody. Hey, good to see you. I'm excited, and man, I'm not trying to just repeat what they said, but really, 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 uh, if you can come to the family meeting today, it's important. Um, We're covering some ground that I feel like is important if you call OKC Community Church your home church. So please be there. I know it's a lot to ask for you to come to church twice on a Sunday, but when we were growing up, I went to like church four times on a Sunday. So, you know, no, maybe I didn't. All right. So here we go. I'm excited about the day because we are um, we're getting into one of my pa- the passages that I just love talking about. We'll get into it in just a moment. Um, but I, I was thinking about a story with my son, Grayson. Uh, he was, it was a couple years ago. He was four years old and we were getting him ready for for bed one night, and he shouted out, and he said, I don't like God, and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> He's going to start shopping at Hot Topic. It's going to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, um, I was really worried, and then he goes, I said, what did you say? What did you say? And he goes, I don't like God. I love God, and I was like, that's right. That's my boy, and uh, clearly there's a big difference between um, liking and loving. Would you agree? Yeah? And I remember when Christy and I were dating and we changed from saying I like you a lot to actually saying I love you to one another. And uh, it took, it took just for the record, I said that a lot quicker to her than she said to me, um, which makes sense. I mean, she's a lot easier to love. I'm a lot easier just to like, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I'm an acquired taste is kind of way I say I'm like coffee, you know what I mean? Eventually you come around. Um, but when we both, <laughs> some people hate coffee for their whole life, but um, <clears throat> those of you who got coffee, though, I'm your guy. Um, but we both, when we both said, I love you, and then we took it a step further and made a commitment, right? Like a vows to one another in marriage where it was like, now we are truly, truly committing to one another um, with our vows and the special kind of love that will withstand all, that would be together in sickness and health and when we're for richer or for poorer, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally waiting on the richer like phase just to test my love right now. I'm going to see if it really works. But, um, but, but when we made that commitment to one another, there's this reality, of course, with my wife, I sh- sh- there's an assumption that I like her. But me liking her is not the foundation of that commitment, is it? It's that I love her. Uh, I love, that should be the foundation is my love for her and this is going to be a very cheesy, very corny way to begin this message today, but I want you to know that God doesn't just like you, that he loves you. And as I say that, I think we'll get into a scripture today that talks about the love of God, and it's a kind of love that knows no bounds, and he wants to fill us up with more and more of his goodness, more and more of his love, and, and it's truly, truly just a beautiful thing. And this season, as we've been exploring uh, the New Testament letters that Paul wrote to, to primarily the cities. I mean, this is why we call it to the city. He obviously wrote letters to the cities of Rome, the cities of, of Corinth or Thessalonica or Ephesus and all these different places in the Mediter- ancient sort of Mediterranean world. And he wrote them, these letters, with an anticipation that he had words from the Holy Spirit to share with these churches in these cities. And we've said from the beginning that we believe those words, the word of God, speaks not only then, but speaks today, of course, and that the word of God is a timeless piece that we are now receiving 
those words to those cities for us and for our city today. And I believe God has a lot to say to our city, and I believe God has a lot to say through his word. And so we've been saying that if you are uh, wanting to join us in reading the Bible, this is why we have this To the City Bible reading plan. And this week, we actually get into the book of Ephesians. We're about to start that tomorrow if you're keeping up, if you're not. I always say this. This isn't a test. There's no Scantron at the end. There's nothing like that. Just read the Bible as much as you can. We hope it's inside. It's a part of your life every day because we believe the Word of God makes a difference and speaks to people's life. Does anyone agree that the Word of God speaks into your life? And I just believe it wholeheartedly. And here's the thing. He speaks to people who know, know Jesus and who are Christians, but he also uses the Bible to speak to people who aren't Christians, who aren't believers, which I think is just mind-blowing that people who don't even know God can read the Word and life can come out of it. I love the story of Leslie Cook. Or she's on staff. Most of you know Leslie. And she tells the story of when she was a teenager, her, one of her friends in high school gave her a Bible, gave her a New Testament, the message version. She didn't even know it was a Bible. She's like, oh. and she said, hey, I think you'll like this. You should read it. Well, it took her a few months, but when she got into college as a freshman, she started reading that Bible that her friend gave her. She didn't know Jesus. She started reading that Bible. She was hungry to learn more about God. She was curious. And that was like the beginning of her faith journey into where now she, of course, not only loves the Lord, but is doing ministry for the Lord. And I just love that it was the word of God that started to speak into her life because that's what God does, even for those who don't believe. And so if you haven't got my point, read the Bible, <laughs> read the Bible. And so today we're getting into this passage, um, eight amazing verses and we'll go back. I'm going to read through them and then we'll go back, unpack some of it. Ephesians 3 verse 14. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray, everyone say pray. pray. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, everyone say love that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Everyone say amen. Amen. Such an incredible passage of scripture. Um, one that is quoted often, one that if you have been around church, people like to use this to talk about God's love, of course. They like to use this in the end of the verse when he talks about God can do immeasurably more. God is able to do immeasurably more than we even imagine. So we use this scripture many, many times. But I want to look at how it begins, and we're going to kind of walk through this. But in verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father. So this, this passage of Scripture is a prayer. Paul is praying, is he not? So what is he praying about? Paul is praying, if you're reading the whole book of Ephesians, he is praying for the church in the city. He's praying for the church in the city of Ephesus, and he's specifically praying some big things, but he goes on, and if you really read, he's praying for all believers in any city at any time. <laughs> Anyone who calls on Jesus Every family in heaven and on earth that derives its name, right? So he says, this is for the church, the people. And I've titled this message, by the way, 
a prayer for the church and the city, but he's praying for the body believers, and he wants more for them. He wants more for their city. How many would say you want more of Jesus in this church? How many would say you want more of Jesus in your city? And you know, when I say that, and I, I don't look at it as like, oh, we don't, have a, we don't have a Jesus in our city. I actually see God doing great work in our city. And I actually think Oklahoma City has a collection of believers that is pretty phenomenal. Like, there's just strong believers all over the place, which is a gift from God that we get that privilege in our city. But it just means that there's still a whole bunch of people out there that need more of Jesus. So I want more of them. And I think, uh, I think most of us would agree and this is, a quite, this is quite a beautiful prayer, but imagine someone praying with you as he goes on to these next words of this prayer. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That this prayer that God would give to you out of his glorious riches. It's a quite interesting concept if you think about it. Out of his glorious riches, as if he's got some sort of treasure, right, that's probably quite large. He's the king of kings, and if we are thinking about this in the concept of kings, well, he must have quite the treasure. Would you agree? Christy and I were uh, able to go to London, and it was, it was uh, just an amazing time, and while we were there, we were kind of caught up in the British monarchy. Um, it's quite brilliant. <laughs> it is. And honestly, it's staggering to consider the riches that the monarchy possesses and land, and art, and literal treasure, and palaces. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly overwhelming. It's like, they have so, this is a modern day times, but still the monarchy, the king, or in this case, the queen, they just have so much wealth. And we went and saw the uh, crown jewels, which is literally the crowns with their jewels. I was like, what's the crown jewels? And they're like, it's the crown jewels. Oh, I get it now. And uh, so literally I'm looking at crowns with jewels, and it's the biggest diamonds and jewels I've ever seen. And I'm just kind of blown away by this. Kings and queens of this world possess so much wealth. So I want you to imagine something for just a moment with me. Imagine knowing a king or queen of a wealthy nation. And you don't just know them, you're friends with them. So you're friends. Look at you. Hot stuff you are, knowing the king and queen. And you're, king, you're friends of the king and queen, and they've told you, hey, whatever you need in life, we'll help you with it. Well, years go by, and then all of a sudden you have a medical kind of emergency come up in your life. And you realize it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. You don't have the money. And so you realize you must go to some friends for help during this time. And before you go to the king and queen, one of your friends comes to you. And this is not... This, king, this, this is not a king or queen friend. This is just a normal friend. This is a you and me friend. This is just, they don't have, and you actually are aware of their life and you know that they don't really have much to give and they look at you and say, we understand what's going on with you. We want to help you. Here's $500 to go towards your medical needs. And you are overwhelmed. You're actually quite humbled because you know they don't have much to give, but you are overwhelmed at their generosity, right? Because this is your friend who sees your need and sacrifices them for, of themselves to give to that need. Well, $500 doesn't take care of the bills, so you decide, I'm still going to go to the king and queen. And so you go to the king and queen, right? And you are going with gratitude for what your friend had given, but aren't you going to the king and queen expecting more than $500? You know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. Why do you expect it? Because they have so much more to give, do they not? And here's the thing. If they gave you $500, you might even be a little disappointed, 
because they're the king, they're the queen. They, they give gifts like no one else gives. And so you go to them, you share with them your story, and they do give gifts like a king and queen. And they look at your needs, and your needs are so small in comparison to their glorious riches. The glorious riches that they have in their treasure far exceed what you and your friend have. And so, of course, they say, we'll pay for the bill in total. And I think for us, we can expect God to give us more. We can expect that he will give us what we need. Sometimes we feel like we're asking God for the moon. We're asking him to help us with the need. We're asking him to give us a little bit of an answer to his will for our life. We're asking him to help us with this relationship. And we think, I don't know if God can do it. And you've got to understand who you're asking from. You are asking from the king of kings, the one who has unlimited resources, glorious riches, that he actually wants to give out of his glorious riches to you. And I think so often I... I bring down my asks or I bring down my understanding of where God is coming from and he wants to give us so much more. And I think for us today, I think this is good news because glorious riches is not just, of course, money. That's not what he's even talking about. He starts talking about his riches become things like strength and power for your inner being. I know that we all understand there's different kinds of strength. For a lot of us, there's outer strength. We want to be physically healthy. And of course, of course, things like aging and sickness and injuries can kind of threaten our physical health. But we all know besides uh, the physical health, there's an inner health as well. There's an inner strength, a physical strength and an inner strength. And how many of you know people who are, who are physically weak, but they are exceedingly strong in their inner self? Anybody know someone like that? And how many of you guys know someone who is physically strong? But their inner self is exceedingly weak. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) And I wonder right now, this prayer for us, that's out of God's glorious riches, out of the king's treasures, that we'll be given strength and power through the spirit in our inner being. You see, the king tells you, and he tells me, you can ask for anything. And I will help you with what you need. I have glorious riches. Your needs, I have more than enough to help you. Right now, I wonder how how many of us even need this prayer. Do you need the Spirit of God to give you inner strength? Like if I was going to ask right now, like I could stop the message right now and go, okay, we're just dealing with this piece right here, like, that he's going to pray that we would have like power and strength through the spirit for our inner being. And I wanna, if I said, how many of you need that today, right now? I bet, I bet there would be quite a few of us that would say, that's me. That's right where I'm at. My inner self feels weak. My inner self has pain. Today, I want you to be encouraged. And we're going to continue to pray even for that if that is you but you can approach him with unlimited riches. Then in the last half of verse 17, the prayer continues. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love, everyone say love. Mm. Love. That love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge 
this is the kind of love that says, I don't just like you, that I lo- but I love you. You know what I mean? This is, this, is, this is the kind of love that surpasses knowledge. Here's what's interesting. He says, I want you to grasp God's love, but it's a love that surpasses knowledge. How is that possible? How do you grasp something that surpasses knowledge? Well, Paul does this little, like, I'm going to try and use, like, spatial orientation to help you understand God's love. He's like, it's so wide, it's so long, it's so high, and it's so deep. I want you to think about it, how God's love is wide. Imagine a river flowing, right? And this river is really wide. In fact, when you stand on one bank of the river and you look across to the other bank, you can't even see the bank. It's so wide. Are you there? You picture this in your mind? This river is just flowing, and it's a powerful river. And this is the river of God's love that covers our sin, covers over our life. You can't even see its width. It just keeps going. And you know what happens, though, is when we doubt his love, when we doubt God has a plan for us, we begin to shrink the river. And, we, and for some people, we walk, in God's, we walk by God's lover, and it's almost like a stream because we've just doubted that God's love is actually big enough to cover all things. And I hope you can see that God's love is actually wide. It's wider than any width you've ever known. And how long is God's love? Let's imagine a timeline that goes in this room. Where does God's love, like where's the marker in the timeline where God's love begins? <laughs> is it beginning? I mean, is it, is it or, or when is it, when does it end? If on this side, where does God's love end? Jeremiah 33, or yeah, 30, 31, 3 says this. It says, his love, or that I have loved you with an everlasting love, meaning it has no beginning and no end. So how long is it? It's unmeasurable. It has no beginning and end. And then it has depths. We read in Philippians 2 about how Jesus humbled himself to death on a cross. And when he, was, when he went down into the depths of death and he heaped every bit of sin on his life, he got lower than you can, actually, than you can get at any level. He's as deep and low as he could get. And on top of him being willing to go that deep for us, when you think about your own life with Jesus, if you have one, can you ever find the bottom of Jesus? Can you ever find the moment where you've like, I figured him out, I figured everything out, I've experienced it all? No, it just keeps going and going. When I think about even the depths and the recesses of my own soul, there's nothing that he doesn't see and doesn't care about in the depths of who I am. Jesus' love is deep. When I think about that Jesus has height, like he's really tall. <laughs> Just kidding. I wonder for us, how high will God's love take us? Ephesians 2.6 says, He has raised us up together. He has made us sit together in heavenly places. He lifts us out of the valley of death. Does anybody feel that in their life, that he lifts you out of pits of despair? Anybody experience that in your life, that he will lift you up? And I know some of us are right there in those pits, in those valleys, and I want you to know today that God's love for you is wide, it's deep, it's high, and it's long. It, is, it will lift you up. Then the prayer says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, this is where we should be like, yes, Lord, I want that. May we be filled with you. May we be filled with all that you have of me. Look at, look, look at what it says. Or you don't know this. I'm going to tell you what this says. This is a, a quote from Adam Clark. He's an 18th century theologian. This is what it says. Among all the great sayings in this prayer, this is the greatest. To be filled with God is a great thing. Would you agree? To be filled with the fullness of God is still greater. Would you agree? And to be filled with all the fullness 
of God utterly bewilders the sense and confounds of understanding. Would you agree? <laughs> to be filled with all the fullness of God for centuries, theologians and pastors and believers have marveled and been overwhelmed at how incredible this is. This isn't some empty prayer that Paul is just trying to put a bunch of cool words together. This is a prayer of experience. This is a prayer of truth. If you know Paul's story, he has encountered this kind of love, has he not? If you know Paul's story, he's been filled with the fullness of God in his life, and he knows it's possible. So he prays it for the people of that city and the church, that their inner being could be full of power and strength and the love of God. And I'll just ask you right now, what is a prayer you have for yourself? And, and I say that, like I asked that question to my own self this week, and and I thought of all sorts of things, because we all have all sorts of prayers, but I was just thinking about his glorious riches. <laughs> what am I asking God for? And I started thinking about all the things I try and do on my own. I didn't start thinking about all the dreams that I wish I could attain. I started trying to think about all the things I try to operate out of my own strength. Does anybody try to Live your day-to-day -day life out of your own strength. And I'm like, I need his unlimited riches right there as a father. I don't know what to do as a dad all the time. I don't know if you're like that as a parent. I don't know what to do as a pastor. I know you guys think I know what I'm doing, but I don't. <laughs> or maybe you guys are like, amen to that. <laughs> Finally, some truth today. I don't know. And I'm like, Lord, I need you. I need you because I am lost without you. I don't know what I'm doing. For you, it may be something like that. It may be, Lord, I just need joy. I need, I need friends. I need love. I need forgiveness. I need direction. I don't, I don't know what it is, but listen, whatever it is, you can ask for it, and out of his glorious riches, you have this king that says, whatever you need, I will help you with. Does that mean he will give you everything that you ask for exactly the way you ask for? I think most of us in this room understand that that's not, that's not what this is about. This isn't a genie in the lamp thing. This is about believing that God loves you, that he loves you with an unfathomable, wide, high, deep, and long kind of love. And then look at what it says in verse 20 and 21. He says, now to him, so he's, he's praying, right? He's praying. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, well, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, God can do immeasurably more than all we ask, than anything you ever think of, than anything you ever imagine. According to what? Well, to the power that is at work within us, which is the power of the Spirit. Well, then to him be the glory in the church. It's a, the church isn't about, you know, a name on a, on a sign. The church is about Jesus. We risk up that manner. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, I told you this is a prayer for a church and the city. And this is a prayer for our church and our city. And I just want to ask you a question. Let's just... Where might you be in 15 years? In 15 years, if you just kept saying yes 
to the Holy Spirit? Where would your life be? Where would your life be if you just kept saying yes to the Holy Spirit over the next 15 years? <laughs> Where would our church be if we just kept saying yes to the Holy Spirit over the next 15 years? I can answer the question. You can't imagine it. He'll do more than you ever ask or imagine. And when we say yes to things, he does more than we understand. And that is the prayer. That is the posture of our prayer, that we would say, Lord, we understand that you're better than anything else. That, God, you, whether we're hungry, whether we're empty, whether we're, whether we're passionate, whether we are broken today, that, Father, we can come to you with the same heart as humans that understand you're better than everything. And you can do way more than we could ever imagine. This past week, I... Uh, I heard a story, and I'm actually about done, believe it or not. I don't have a lot to say, which is interesting. Um, but I don't have a lot to say today because there's already, I mean, he said it all in this, in this passage. But this past week, I heard a story that was so encouraging. It was one of those that, like, had me praising God all week. You know what I'm talking about? We were sitting in our alpha group, and we sit right over here on Monday night. And one of the guys um, in the group, his name's Kevin, um, he begins to tell this story that I've never heard. And, and here's the thing. I've known Kevin for, and his wife, Crystal, for about a year. They've been coming to our church. And he's been attending Alpha. Um, and Kevin became a believer, became a Christian about a year ago after a, a lifetime of being an atheist, an agnostic. He was totally didn't believe. And about a year ago, he came to the church. He gave his life to Christ. It's been a really cool thing. But um, he told me this story that... Uh, that I hadn't heard. It gave me just a sliver more of kind of what God has been doing in their life. He said a few years ago, he, had, he and his family heard about this fall festival that was happening in the parking lot across the street. And, uh, and I was thinking, the fall festival? I mean, the, so I was like, yeah. He's like, and I came to it, and we didn't know that a church was putting it on. How many of you guys remember this fall festival? Anybody was at that fall? There's a few of us, yeah. So we did this fall festival here, and um, he decided to bring his family, and they had no idea that the church was kind of putting this thing on, and but once they got here, they realized it, and they, and they were very struck by the people that were there, struck by the why we were doing it, and I guess just the whole environment and the whole thing. And, and he went home, and it just, the whole thing sat in his heart. And it was a year, a year goes by, and he starts thinking, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to think about this God thing, this... Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something to the thing they, they were experiencing. And it took him a whole year before he came and brought his family to church. And when he came, though, he was so ready to receive Jesus because he'd been thinking about this for so long. And he immediately gave his life to Christ. He got baptized just this year. And... Uh, and he said to me, he said, and this is what he told me on Monday, he said, hey, I don't know if you've ever wondered if doing that fall festival was worth it, but I wanted to let you know that you guys doing that fall festival saved my life. And I was like, I about fell out of my chair, you know what I mean? I was like, what? Because I have thought about it. <laughs> and we haven't done one since. And here's why I say it is that we never know what God is up to. He will do immeasurably more than we ever ask or imagine when we say yes to Jesus. So many people said yes that night, right? We said yes to serve. And you know what? Who knows which ones of you or ones in this church were the ones that had the kind conversation with his family, that played the games with his kids, 
when we said yes to the smallest of things and God was doing a work that was immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine by just saying yes. What if we said yes for the next 15 years? What would our life look like? What if we said yes as a church for the next 15 years to the work of the Spirit and the prompts that he says, step into that, do that, be that person, say those things. What if we said yes, what would happen? He'll do immeasurably more. We can't even imagine. I fell out of my chair, not literally, but I kind of did. And I'm thinking, how? How's this happening? How do these sorts of things happen? It's just the Lord. This is what he does. And I know what God is moving in so many of you in this church right now. I just see it all the time. You're moved to action. You feel compelled to do something. Some of you feel compelled to do something right now. I can look across this room. I know who you are. Some of you, I don't know who you are. And if that's you, praise God. And sometimes as Christians, you just have to be people who get about doing the things of the gospel. So many times we look for permission to be able to do the things that God's putting in our hearts. And you just need to say yes and go for it. You don't have to be given permission by anybody. You don't have to be given permission by this, by this church. You need to be just obedient to the Holy Spirit in your life. And when he calls you to something, you say yes. Because he will do immeasurably more than you ever could imagine with those yeses. My encouragement today is if you're stirred, go for it. The other night I was talking with a new friend, Juan, who's been coming to for a few months, and he told me that God was moving in his heart. And it was one of those moments when you're having a conversation, you're like, yeah, I can tell. It's like, he's like, it was like about to come out of him. It was like bursting out of him. He's like, you don't understand. God's doing so much. And I'm like, yes, I love it. And, and, and I could just sense his passion. And, and he's been struggling to get to church on Sundays, but he comes to Alpha, and he's been coming to church on Sundays now. He's here right now. And so, hi, Juan. I'm not going to point you out, but hello. And I just, I, I love when God moves in people's lives to the point that it's visible when they, when they talk. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like changing their life. And my encouragement today is God wants to change your life. Not because your life is bad, but because he's got something better. It's because out of his unlimited glorious riches, he wants to give you something. And so often, it's very easy for people to criticize kind of the spiritual move to ask God for more of his presence or more of his love or more, of, more from God. And here's the thing about it. I'm not asking for more for us. I'm saying the Lord wants to give us more so that he can use us more. And so it's okay to go to the king and expect more from him because he's the king. He's the only one that can give those things. But it's not for our sake. I mean, I love the words, and not, nothing else, Father. I'm sorry, it's not about blessing. It's not, the words of that song we sang this morning, Stephen, was amazing. It's not about that. It's not for us. But I just want us to believe and say, yes, God is able to do yet immeasurably more. I want to show you this prayer that Paul has. This, if I was summarizing this passage this prayer is for anyone hopeful, discouraged, hungry, hurting, eager, empty, or somewhere in the middle. Is that you? It's for anyone hopeful, discouraged, hungry, hurting, eager, empty, or somewhere in the middle of all that. This prayer is for you. Paul prays for the church and for the city. And he prays for the church. And I mean, that's the first thing he prays for. And I think this is a word for us. He prays for the church, the capital C church. And I think for so many of us, we need to understand that Jesus 
gave the keys, if you will, to driving his mission for the rest of time until he comes and returns. He's like, I'm putting, I'm putting this in your hands. You are plan A, and I do not have a plan B. We need to pray for the church because we are the tool. The, we, are, we are the plan. We are the strategy that Jesus has put in this world to advance his kingdom. Pray for the church. And then he prays that we'll receive from his glorious riches of God. And some of you need to just have that perspective shift today, that it's okay. It's okay to go to the king and act like he's a king. And he prays our inner being will be strengthened with power through the spirit. And some of you are like, I need that. My inner self is weak. It's hurting. And I need strength. Well, it comes through his spirit. We'll pray for that in a minute. He prays that we may grasp his unfathomable love. Some of you just need the love of God. I mean, I know it's cheesy, but like it's not just like a normal like relationship. He loves you with an indescribable love. He prays that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I just want to sit there. <laughs> that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And he prays that God will do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And if you were going to say, uh, probably we could point to every one of those and go, I'll receive that prayer today. But maybe there's one that stands out to you. Maybe it's because of a specific season you're in or maybe a specific desire you have. But if there is one, I would say go ahead, lean into it right now and just say, that's the one I need. I need, I need, <laughs> I need to go to the king out of his glorious riches. I need, I need inner strength. I need love. I need to be filled. I need him to do more. So I'd just say find one. And in a moment, I want to lead us in some prayer ministry and just trust the Lord that, that he can do these things and that he wants to do these things. His love for you is beyond comprehension and more than anything, he wants you to be in a relationship with him. So I know some of you would say you have that, but maybe others in here would say you're not sure if you have that. You know what he'll do throughout the duration of your life if you continue to say yes to the Spirit? You know what he'll do? <laughs> he'll call you to do things. He'll call churches to do things like fall festivals for you. He'll, he'll call people to come over to your house at the exact moment when you need him to for you. He'll do things for you over and over again because that's how much he loves you. And then he'll also use you. He'll use you in his plans to do things you never saw coming every time we say yes to him. So, my friends, would you bow your head? We're going to pray. We have a few minutes just to allow the Spirit to maybe even move in this room. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Come and be in this room in a way that touches hearts and minds and souls. I want to begin with just asking just a really clarifying question for some people in the room. 
I believe that there's people in the room that know that they're a follower of Jesus. You've given your life to Christ. You had a moment of surrender, whatever it is, but everything about your life is, is clear in, in your understanding of who God is to you. You identify and live as a follower of Jesus. I believe that's one of the people, that's, that's some of us in this room, maybe many of us in this room. I think there's others in this room that it, that doesn't necessarily describe you. You're saying, maybe I've believed, I've struggled, I still have questions about Jesus. I haven't necessarily ever had a moment of surrender in my life where I've said, Lord, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna become a Christian. I'm gonna be bold about that. I'm gonna tell others in my life about being a follower of Jesus. And, and so maybe you've had this sort of, this sort of life of, uh, it's been foggy, it's been sort of muddy when it comes to your faith. Um, or, or perhaps you've even been real clear and said, I don't believe in Jesus. And maybe today you're here and you're going, I think I, I, I want to have a moment of surrender. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to change my life and say yes to what the Holy Spirit is saying to my heart right now. Because here's what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our hearts. When we feel a draw to God and when he draws us, it is our opportunity to say yes to him. And so if the Spirit is drawing you right now to say yes, to change your life and surrender your life to him, I just want to lead you in a prayer. You know, Jesus came for you. He came for you. He died for you. He died for our sins. We, we had no part in our own saving. It was all Jesus. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation, nothing we can do to earn heaven. But the only way we come into a relationship with Jesus is, is understanding that God sent his son, Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus, to make a way. And what that means is, is that God came, he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And when he died, he was resurrected. And that resurrection changed everything because he overcame the sins of the world. And he made a, he made a way. It says that when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. It says we will be saved. And so today, if you want to do that, I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's a real simple prayer. But if you're sitting here and you're feeling the Holy Spirit draw you to himself and you want to give your life to Christ, much like our friend Kevin did, would you just say this prayer to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Just say that right now. You can whisper that where you're at. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. The second piece is we thank him. We thank him for the cross and for the forgiveness of sins. So say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and for forgiving my sin. Just say that prayer. Say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and forgiving my sin. And then the third piece of this little prayer is we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to come and live in us. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. So let's just pray this prayer. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Live in my life for the rest of my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Live in my life for the rest of my life. If you just prayed that prayer, we call that a moment of surrender in which you change your life and you become a follower of Jesus. Everybody's heads bowed. If you just prayed that prayer and you say, that was me today, you just lift your hand where you're at. Just so I just want to know if anybody prayed that today. Just go ahead and lift your hand up. I see you. Anybody else? Just lift your hand up, balcony, anybody? 
That's awesome. Definitely had a few people today do that, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, I just want to spend a moment to just say, if you are one of these prayers that was on the screen is connecting with you, and you're saying, yes, I, I, need, I need prayer for those things. If, if today, any of those prayers, specifically I want to point to, if you are in a place where you're saying, I need inner strength right now, just quick hand up, inner strength. If you're someone that says, I need love right now, quick hand up. You can just put it up, put it back down, just acknowledge him before God. I'm not even looking around. If you are saying, I want the full measure of God, all of it, quick hand up, quick hand down. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are saying, Lord, I want to say yes to you. I want to say yes to you. Every time the Holy Spirit prompts, I want to say yes. If that's you, just lift your hand up, right back down. Well, God, right now, there's so many prayers that are being hoped for right now. You saw every hand go up. You saw every heart that just resonated with something that was said today. And only you, only you have the ability to, to, out of your glorious riches, to pour out your spirit today, to pour out your love today. And so, Lord, we pray that over this church body. I pray right now your Holy Spirit would just even move in the seats of where people are sitting right now among us and upon us, Father, your Holy Spirit would just touch our hearts and that we would be filled. We'd be filled with your love, filled with your power. So, Lord, we pray these things in your name. In your name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.